something else that I love to tell students about is combining two things that you love to make yourself more valuable and more memorable. And for me, it's mixing education and travel and nails. And that's what was able to help me then start Masterclass Nail Academy. Hey, it's Julie with It's a Nail Thing, brought to you by Orly, where we highlight voices of leaders in every aspect of the nail industry to share with you career guidance, growth hacks, and hilarious stories. Whether you're a licensed nail pro or a nail enthusiast, there's room for all of us to build fulfilling careers, so stick around to learn and laugh. Today's episode was recorded via Zoom, so apologies if there are some moments that skip here and there, but I can't wait for you to hear this interview, so let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of It's a Nail Thing, brought to you by Orly. And today, our special guest is Julie Candelic. She is absolutely amazing. She is a celebrity manicurist. She's an educator. She's a salon owner, and she's even an author. So you have done so much. I'm so excited to talk to you and dive into your nail story and learn about you and share your experience. So I'm so glad to have you today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Awesome. I think we'll just dive right in. Um, before we get into your story, I'd love to know what's on your nails. <laughs> so what is on my nails is what I call the supermodel manicure. Ooh. So currently they are almond shaped and they are gorgeous. Um, gel, like a, like a semi semi-transparent pink builder gel. And they're a little pinker than normal. Sometimes Normally I keep them like a clear builder gel with a little bit of pink in it. But when I was in Bali recently, they had um, a different product, like a really well-known brand, but one that I don't have at home. So they put that on me and I started retouching it with a more pink shade. But um, I say supermodel nails because, or I, I guess I should say celebrity nails because every time I go to someone's house, to do their nails. They're like, I want your nails. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They're so like chic and classic. They work with everything. Yeah. And you know, when you use a non-wipe top coat, then like my, my celebrity clients, you can just go right over it with polish day or their event or whatever and take it off and they still have their enhancements underneath and it's untouched. So that's perfect. I love that. I love the name for it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, and I also wanted to ask you if you have an Orly story, is it like the first time you used Orly products, um, had an interaction with the company? If you could share that with us, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So my first uh, memory with Orly was actually a really big one. So Allure had reached out to me to see what my favorite products were for their annual um, issue, Best Beauty Buys, I think it's what it's called. And I was like, Orly Bonder. And so it made it into the top, you know, the top base coats. And they even used a quote from me about why it was so amazing. And then, as you remember, you know, I was the creative director at Paintbox. So then we also, you know, Orly Bonder was our base coat of choice the entire, I mean, they probably still use it, but yeah, yeah, the time that I was there and you were there, so I mean, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. No, Bonder is definitely one of like my favorite all-time products. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So you have done so many things in your career. 
And what we really want to highlight on this show is just how many opportunities there are in the nail world. And like, whether you're licensed or not, there are a million jobs you can do within the nail world. Um, and you have a very interesting uh, background for so many things that you've done. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into nails and the journey you've gone through to get where you are now? Because you've done so many things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this because really nails is so much more than just being in the salon, you know, 40 hours a week. So for me, I always knew, like, I've always loved doing nails. Like since I was 12 years old, that was just my thing because I loved being creative and I love miniatures and painting. And it was kind of like a collaboration of all of those things all in one. So I went to work at a salon in Ohio and I was there for quite a, quite a while. And, um, but I knew that I wanted more and this was pre-social media. So which totally ages and dates me, but I don't care. It's totally fine because I've seen the whole you've seen it thing. all evolve yeah seen, yeah like you know I've seen it change from 20 years ago to what it is now which I'm very grateful for so what I really wanted to do because my clients would leave the salon with their nails that I spent hours and hours in doing and I had many many clients that let me do whatever I wanted and I had all these stickers and gemstones and who knows what from Japan nail expo Tokyo nail expo and the coolest things but then they would leave and I would never see them again until they're retouched three weeks later and you know digital cameras back then were like about three megaphones yeah. so even if I took a photo it would be like awful and um so I knew that I wanted to do work that was tangible and mm. so in the salon, we would do photo shoots and it was mostly of the hair um, for the hairstylist that they would then submit to like those hairstyle magazines. And I was like, I want to do this for nails. So I asked my boss, and I was like, can I do this for nails? And she's like, sure, I guess so. So that was the start of my portfolio building. Oh. And then I realized like, okay, if I do this for like, you know, different nail and beauty companies, like like Orly, for example, of course, like Revlon or even like, you know, McDonald's, maybe someone's like holding the burger, someone's doing those nails. Yeah. And if I did those nails, it would be a tangible thing that I can have forever. Print magazine, of course, you know, we weren't worried about internet too much <laughs> back then taking over print magazines, but Still, um, so that's how I decided that I wanted to leave the salon in Ohio and move to either LA or New York. And ultimately I decided after for two years wanting to move to LA because of the weather, I didn't drive and I still don't drive. <laughs> so LA was a little bit of a challenge, but I moved to New York on 10, 10, 10. And I never looked back, I guess. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that you got into doing uh, editorial work simply because you wanted to have your work live forever. Like that yeah. is not something you hear everybody, you know, I want to do celebrities. I want to do this and that. No, like you just wanted to, you know, show off your work and you're so proud of it. I love that so much. That's incredible. <laughs> so you had mentioned you were the creative director for Paintbox, which is a really amazing opportunity too, because that's, you know, such a new type of career that you wouldn't typically find in the nail world, you know? Um, right. 
and you fell really hard into education. That was a huge thing for you. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you actually travel the world educating. And I would love for you to talk about that. Yeah. So something else that I love to tell listeners and my students about is combining two things that you love to make yourself more valuable and more memorable. And for me, it's mixing education and travel and nails. So I've always taught when I left my old salon, I was even teaching there back like in 2008, 2009, 2010, before I left. And then, um, of course, a paint box, but I um, was, you know, I would be traveling on these trips and I would go to this, these gorgeous, amazing spas. And I'm talking like five-star hotel spas and the pedicures were like a hundred dollars and they were less than mediocre. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I feel bad saying that. And I say that with love, but I started to do research about why the facials and the massage are so amazing, but the nails, the mani-pedis were mm. And so I learned that the spot technicians are learning everything. So they're going to like a training school somewhere and they're doing, they're learning all the spa services and nails falls into that. So for whatever reason, either nails, you know, nails, you're not charging as much for, I mean, facials in a resort are like three, $400, right? Yeah. <laughs> Massages, the same thing. And a manicure is maybe 40 or 50 pedicure up to a hundred. So they're not they either don't want to do the many petties and, or it's not making enough as much money as the other one. So they're not pushing it as much. So then the spot technicians aren't practicing enough. So it's kind of like a double edged sword. Yeah. So I saw the need for this the first time I was in the Maldives in 2017 and I was with my best friend and he, we were both getting massages and I got done before him, you know, Jeff, my best friend, and uh, I started speaking with the spa manager and I told him I did nails and he was like, oh, my girls hate doing nails. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so right then and there, I said, okay, I'm going to teach them a class. Give me an hour that everyone's available. I'll just come in and I'll do like the most basic things that they, because they're in the middle of the ocean, right? So I can't teach them how to do like, you know, Acrogel if they don't have access to those products regularly. So I just taught them for an hour, like how to polish, how to do gel removal, because if someone comes in with gel, they can't do a service that they don't have yeah, to do. Yeah. And the most basic services. And I thought, even if they only know how to do gel removal and polish much more easily, that would give them a better name, better reviews and better tips. Absolutely. Yeah. So Fast forward a year, I'm in the Maldives again, same thing happens. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of um, the first time it happened, I didn't know what to ask for. So I asked for a facial in return. I was like, we'll just do a little barter. It's totally cool. So the second time I said, okay, all I want is for you to write me a letter of recommendation. And that's what was able to help me then start Masterclass Nail Academy. Oh my goodness. I had something tangible to show then future salon and spa managers how we can work together and how I can, 
you know, help their staff. And that's kind of how that started in 2018. And that's when I decided to step down from my paint, my paint box position as creative director so that I could focus more on education on my own. And, um, yeah. And then I decided to, to continue the education. I decided to change after COVID that changed travel and nails for me yeah. so much. And then seeing how the need has shifted and I'll still, tra- I'll still travel and train. Like I've trained in Jamaica, I've trained in Mexico. Um, I was supposed to go to Grand Cayman right during the pandemic and Bali to teach. But of course, pandemic had more plans, different plans for me. Um, but then I started seeing the need and so many, and I know so many nail professionals in New York and elsewhere. And they're asking me more questions about instead of like, how do I do this nail art trend or how do I do sculpt a nail, it was questions that were more business and entrepreneurial focused, like how much do I charge for this client, for this celebrity, many, many petty house call? How do I make an invoice? How do I act on set? How do I get booked for fashion week? It was all things like that. And I thought, you know what, that, because I love to teach nails in person, but those type of questions I can teach on demand online. And so I decided earlier this year to kind of rebrand Masterclass Nail Academy into Julie K Nail Academy. And then I launched my Nailpreneur course, which teaches nail entrepreneurial skills to nail professionals. And that leads me to where I am today in the education space. (laughs) (laughs) So amazing. Yes, I've seen your course and it's just something that is not really available on the market, you know, there's no education like that, um, especially in nail school and anything like that. You learn the techniques or the most basic versions of the techniques, but you never really get a sense of the business part of everything. And you really can't move forward and elevate your career unless you have that business sense, that entrepreneurship, that mind to get you moving forward. And there's barely any resources for nail tech specifically. So I think it's such a needed space. And I really think it's amazing that you've created that. It's perfect. Thank you. Awesome. And I really love too that you, when you had said that you mix two of your favorite things. So you have your traveling, your nails, and then, you you know, your education in there, but it's just, that's such a good way to live, (laughs) just to like always have the things that you love together, because what a career that made for you. That's just incredible. Yeah, and then I'm happy every day because I'm doing all the things that I love, so. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by Orly, but what you might not know is that Orly Plus is the educational platform made just for professionals that Orly recently launched. On Orly Plus, you can access free on-demand courses to master your skills, and that's available worldwide. If you are based in the U.S. or Canada, you also have access to the Orly Plus online shop, where professionals get 50% off retail on all Orly products. And this one is for you. It's a nail thing listeners who are licensed nail professionals. If you sign up on Orly Plus in February or March 2023 and you buy a 0.6 ounce bottle of Builder in a Bottle, you'll get a second 0.6 ounce Builder in a Bottle for 50% off. Just head on over to Orly Plus, Orly.plus on your browser, O-R-L-Y dot P-L-U-S, and sign up if you are a licensed nail professional and use the code BUILDERPOD, all caps, B-U-I-L-D-E-R-P-O-D, when you buy a 0.6 ounce builder in a bottle, and you'll get the second one 50% off. 
just on the note about teaching internationally, do you have any favorite stories or a moment that you can recall um, when you're teaching in these countries? The most memorable for me was going to Jamaica this summer to teach nails. And the reason is I started doing work with TradeWorks, which is a 501 3C nonprofit. And the founder is a celebrity um, groomer and hairstylist in LA, Andrea Pizzillo. And we went for the first time in 2019 to teach these under-resourced youth barbering and cosmetology and nails. And I taught the nail program. So of course we couldn't go back in 2020 or 2021 was still not the best time to go. So to go back this past year to see them and see like the looks on their faces. And we got donations from many different nail companies because we wanted to set them up for success with products, with gel kits and with polish. And so that they, that way they can have a career and they actually have all the products to do that. And to see the looks on their faces when they came in the room, because we sent them away for lunch and then we put out all these kits and they also got blow dryers, flat irons, curling irons, scissors, combs. I mean, like not just nails, it was like the full kit, barbering, kits for the barbers and to see the looks on their faces that they're just so genuinely excited and happy and they're like crying and we're crying and the teacher's crying (laughs) (laughs) so like you know I can do all the celebrity nails in the world and like the Oscar winning actresses holding her um statuette but like these moments teaching are the ones that are the most special to me. That's amazing. I'm so glad you shared that. I think that's just also, you know, to nail teachers too, or like teachers in general, the impact they really have on people, you know, people don't realize how much you impact their lives and that, you know, it's just such an incredible rewarding experience as a, as an educator. It is amazing. But yes, you have done so many celebrity clients. You've, worked with you've done so many red carpet events um I know anytime there is an award show in LA you are here you're on you know you're always helping do the nails out here anything in New York fashion week it's always um happening and right now your consistent clients you have Joe Jonas you have Camila Cabello you have Jessica Chastain like you have so many big celebrity clients um and I believe you're with an agency as well Yes. I actually have one in New York and one in LA. Oh, wow. So two separate agencies. Yeah. And that's, that's actually really rare. And I feel like that's a question that comes up a lot um, because models have multiple agencies in different cities, but manicurists generally. um, And it's, it's very organic the way that it happened. So I've been with Brian Bantry in New York for 10 years now. Yeah. And they handle all of my like e-commerce, like, you know, editorial and photo shoots like that. And then Star Touch um, in LA, which is an agency just for parts models and manicurists only. And the owner, Christina, I've known for 12 years since I moved to New York. And she's the one that I do most celeb work through. So it's kind of like two different channels. I love that. Um, Do you ever find, I know you just said that models typically have multiple agents. Do you ever, I I think a lot of nail techs who already have an agent would be worried about conflicting 
you know, do you ever find conflicting issues with having two agencies or is there like non-competes? Like, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> there, I think it depends on the actual agency. Like my agents are just happy that I'm happy in general. Um, I can, I can expect that there would be non-competes. Um, but as long as you have an agreement with each one, like for example, you know, maybe one, just example, like in general, maybe one handles only your work in one city. And then if you're physically in a different city, they would do that. They would do that. Or maybe one only handles certain clients, but then if that client comes to you, so there's different like routes that you can make sure that there isn't an overlap there. So you have done fashion week for, I'm sure, many years <laughs> and yes, at least 12 or 13 oh wow wow a dozen yeah. years that's awesome yeah and I know a lot of nail techs always aspire to especially in the New York area um it's always like a bad a badge of honor to say they've done a fashion week show and I've done a couple too and it's just such an incredible experience but it's also not all sunshine and rainbows it's very mm-hmm. difficult fast-paced stressful environment um and you lead shows for those. So can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to lead those shows and what maybe some advice for a nail tech who's looking to get into Fashion Week, what they could do? Fashion Week has been something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, since before I even moved to New York, since I even knew that, you know, I wanted to be where I am today. Fashion Week was always one of the first things I wanted to do. And, um, and I still like get a tear in my eye when I watch the show happening live or the rehearsal. Fashion week has always been something that I've wanted to do since the very beginning of my career, because I love to travel and I loved the excitement of a runway show. There was nothing like it to me. And I always thought that people that did runway were did all the shows like that's what their job was to do New York and then London and then Milan and then Paris and then they would go to like Tokyo because there actually are even though the main shows are in February and in September Mm. there are shows like men's and couture that are actually like pretty much year-round so I originally thought that you if you did shows you only do shows and that was your job so I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world like (laughs) never be home. But I mean, this was years and years and years ago. But I, my first experience leading a show at Fashion Week was LA Fashion Week in 2010. And it was with China Glaze and it was Lauren Conrad's show. Oh my goodness. And I had no idea what I was doing, but we made (laughs) it happen. It was so exciting. And I just knew like I was hooked And then I moved to New York and Essie had reached out to me to do, to lead a show for Bridal Fashion Week. Now, Bridal is much smaller than regular New York Fashion Week. And the reason I say this is because some some people think that they can just jump right into New York Fashion Week and lead a show. And what I recommend is to start really small, start with LA Fashion Week. And I even did shows, fashion shows in Cleveland before I moved. Oh, wow. So I already knew what I was doing. I already knew how to 
do like a model call and like, you know, have them walk for us and get their measurements and all of those things. Like, and I did it like at my college and I did just small events in Cleveland for like two years before I even did LA fashion week. And then after LA bridal fashion week, much smaller. And then from there I did led the shows at New York fashion week, which I did for many, many seasons for Essie right up until the pandemic. And then, um, they're not doing shows anymore. So I've been leading shows with other brands like CND and Morgan Taylor. But um, so that's my first piece of advice. Don't just jump right into New York Fashion Week. It is, as you know, it is a whole different beast. It is not rainbows and butterflies. It's amazing. Like I'm not, you know, trying to keep anyone from doing it but it is hard work. You're sitting on the floor, you're working with hair and makeup at the same time. And think about, and the girl, the models are sitting like usually in a high, um, almost like a bar chair or like they, they don't have those huge makeup chairs because they take up too much room, but you're sitting like on a bar stool and you're getting in there, you're doing their toes. You barely can get in there because the makeup artist is also trying to work and the hairstylist and it's, it's really hard work. And then pretty soon you're not even done. And they're calling the girls and the models to go to rehearsal. And you're like, but wait, I just polished her toes and they want to put her in a shoe, but then you don't have time to repolish. So it's a whole, it's very logistical. It's like, you have to know when they're going to go. You have to ask when the rehearsal is, you have to know how many models, like one show that I just did added 14 models the day of the show oh my gosh what? and they were doing tips so we I had to go in and get my students and that answers my second question to work on my team I hire my my grads first and then my students for my nailpreneur course so if you Amazing. want to be on my team, that is now a requirement and then I had to call you know a few other of my students and that and my course hadn't even started yet but I called them up and I said, you want to be on my team for fashion week? And they said, yes. So luckily, and we pulled, I mean, it was, it was great. We had extra nails made, thank goodness. And um, some girls had really nice nail beds. That we just polished right on the nail. It was fine. Oh my goodness. The stress of those events, like yeah. what type of person do you have to be to get through those you know, you have to be very strong-minded. I'm sure you have to be assertive to make sure that you're getting the information that you need and um, work well under pressure. That's for sure. Yeah. You have to be really strong with asking the right questions and knowing, knowing to stand your, not stand your ground, but like, you know, nails are an important part of fashion week as well. And if, you know, a hairstylist or makeup artist isn't letting you get in so that you can work. You just have to know how to talk to people. And there's always that one model that doesn't want her nails done. <laughs> and guess whose job it is to, to ensure that she gets her nails done. It's the lead. So, but also you have to be really calm under pressure. And I have been told that that's why designers and polished brands like to work with me because I keep really calm in those really, really stressful situations. Um, so I think a, a mix of those two things is really important. Incredible. Yeah, definitely. I know working with you, even just in paintbox in the salon environment, you were always the person to 
help solve a problem in the calmest manner. There was never any freaking out. Like you were just so easy to like make sure everything went well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, just to backtrack a little bit, I really love that you were talking about how you actually did fashion shows in the college town that you grew up, you know, that you were at. Like that is such a good resource to to tell nail techs, you know, find anything locally that you can do. Like everybody's doing little fashion shows there and here like there's always going to be some sort of event even if it's just like a fundraiser or something like that there will always be types of events like that where you can volunteer to work at or get some experience doing those things I think that's really a great piece of advice for somebody who's looking to build a portfolio to work their way up to fashion week yeah yeah and everyone has a college in their town and one was even with my salon like we just had our clients they were regular people we showed how to dress them we partnered with um macy's in the local mall and we did their hair and makeup and nails and that's how that came to be that's amazing yeah if you can't find it make it yourself yep So we love talking about trends here. Is there any nail trend that from the past, because everything seems to cycle. Is there any nail trend from the past that you would love to see come back? You know, I'm starting to see a little airbrush coming in. I've seen it too. I'm so happy that it's back. (laughs) So I want to push and make sure that it really like, because you can do the coolest things with airbrush. Seriously. You, I mean, I hope that it continues on this trajectory that I'm seeing because I want to see airbrush again. I totally agree with that. <laughs> I remember way back when I had an airbrush too, and it was just such a fun thing to play with. And I feel like it was just starting to phase out and nobody was using it anymore. So then I felt like I couldn't use it, but airbrushes, you can do so many things with it. <laughs> well, and back like 20 years ago, they were so expensive. Oh, Yeah. And I mean, like, get them, like, at the craft store. (laughs) Right, for, like, $50 and, like, a pretty decent one. So, yeah. So, with such an extensive portfolio that you have, um, you're really a true leader and an expert in this industry. And I would love to know what advice you would have for anybody who might want to follow in your footsteps and just get to a type of leadership position that you're in right now. I think that it's important because nails as a skill is like the third thing that's important. Like the first is personality and how you act under pressure. Speaking about fashion week, how you are under pressure, how you handle a challenge, how you handle yourself in with a celebrity, um, just how you handle yourself in general, because you can teach nail skills, but you can't teach personality skills. Um, And then I think your ability to think beyond just the actual nail art itself, you have to really think about more, you know, you really have to think like, I, I've always considered myself an entrepreneur, and that's the reason I called my course Nailpreneur. And I remember thinking back many, many years ago, like I was learning how to do eyelash extensions in 2008, and no one else did them. And now yeah. I've become so busy doing nails right after that class, it was almost like it just pushed 
me into like busy with nails and I never ended up doing eyelash extensions at my old salon. But I mean, I learned how to do eyelash extensions way before anyone even knew what they were. And I also remember starting to do color gel polish. Um, We used OPI Axiom at the time and no one else knew what it was. So to start trends, to think ahead, to always be forward on what is, you know, what can be the new trend, the new thing, always being ahead of that is really, really key. And then third is your actual skill. Amazing. Yeah. I think that's all so important. And especially to be a leader in this type of position, you have to, you know, think ahead and that's incredible advice. Um, Yeah. Think outside the box, think ahead, be a problem solver. Problem solver. Yes. (laughs) Um, By the way, I love your shirt. (laughs) I don't know if anyone can see it, but she has a shirt. It's got all different the shapes of the nails in red. (laughs) I love that so much. It's pink, of course, with red, very on brand. (laughs) So what is a do and a don't that you would say anything in general about nails or for a nail career? All right. A do for your nails is don't be afraid to try new things. And this goes for consumers and for someone that's DIYing and for nail professionals. There's always new things, new products that are coming out, new uh, ways to do things. So if you've been doing something the same way for five years, 10 years, look into it because there's new, faster, better ways to do, you know, Um, a gel manicure or there's new products that make you able to do it faster. So really just kind of keep up with innovation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love that. For a don't, don't believe the hype when you hear people saying that gel or acrylic damages your nails. It is the improper application and especially removal that causes the damage. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I try to (laughs) shout it from the mountaintops because there is so much misinformation in our industry. And those myths like that really harm our careers, like our whole industry as a whole. It's really, and you know, magazines will pick up those articles and just go with it when, with there's zero proof of anything. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I just want to say thank you so much. My nailpreneur course has finished for the fall and I will be having it again in the spring. So make sure that you check it out. It is for nail professionals only. And you can find more information at juliekaynailacademy.com. And um, yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yes. No, your course is absolutely incredible. And it is Nail Know How approved. (laughs) Yes, it is. You can see more info at (laughs) nailknowhow.com. But I would love to plug your socials. How can we follow you on Instagram? Um, Julie K Nails NYC on Insta and also Julie K Nail Academy on Insta. And the same on Twitter, juliekaynailacademy.com and juliecandelac.com for my full list of my full body of work, photos, celebrities, all that other good stuff is all there. Beautiful. Oh my God. It's been so good hearing your experience and you just have so many gems of advice. And I mean, just this conversation alone, I'm sure people can just hear it in your voice and you know everything that you're saying, how much of a leader you really are and how much you inspire people. Uh, so thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat and Aurelia really appreciates you. you. 
um, being on the show. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in to It's a Nail Thing, brought to you by Orly. It was a pleasure chatting with Julie Kandelik, known for leading nail teams in New York Fashion Week for over a decade. She's the owner of Masterclass Nail Academy and a true nailpreneur. She had some incredible advice on portfolio building and what it takes to make it in the editorial world. If that path excites you, definitely check out her nailpreneur course at juliekaynailacademy.com. Don't forget to follow Orly on all socials and also at Orly Plus on Instagram. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy to leave us a review. A big thank you to Phonogenic Studios for killing it with the audio during this interview. We will be back next week with another episode and another great guest. If you want to suggest somebody we should interview, email us at podcast at orlybeauty.com.